this word receive this word implanted in Jesus name get those notebooks out get those notebooks out for all of y'all who've been waiting to break out your 2023 notebook. Today's the day. Been waiting to break out your 2023 ink pen. Have at it. Grateful for our visitors. For our online audience who is here. I'm telling y'all, the enemy really thought he was going to stop something. He's such a, such an old liar. Devil. Devil's such an old, he's such an old bootleg liar. Devil. He's such an old nasty tail. Just terrible. He ain't stopping nothing. None at all. And I know I've seen the post. I've seen them. I didn't see it from none of y'all. So I ain't talking about nobody. I'm just talking about what I'm talking about as my dad would say. But I've seen them. Seen the post. We don't want no word. We don't want no sermons. We just want to dance in the 2023. Well, wrong church. I got word. Y'all danced in the 2022 and you see how that worked out. Right. Been dancing. I uh, want to, all year this year, I'm going to be teaching on one subject. Faith. And the first thing that I need to do this year is I need to kill the myth of the obstacle. Yep, that's what I thought. 
See, that's why we couldn't dance first. Pastor Josh, good to see you and your congregation. Elder, good, good y'all here worshiping with us. Good to see you, sir. I need to kill the myth of the obstacle. What do you mean, Bishop? Obstacles only exist outside of the realm of God's will. <laughs> you right, you right, right over here? You good? You ready? I stress her out so bad. <laughs> when you say there's an obstacle and you think that that obstacle exists within the will of God, what you're saying is that somehow there is something that can block God. Obstacles only exist outside of the will of God. As a matter of fact, I will show you over the coming weeks that everything that we thought was an obstacle was an opportunity. There is never a time in 66 books of scripture where we see God say, whew, not really sure I'm going to make it past that one. Let me go pray about it. Matter of fact, we don't even see Jesus do it. Oh, Lord. Jesus never prayed about obstacles. He prayed to stay close to the Father. Jesus never came to the Father and said, God, Dad, how am I going to get through this? Never. Because there was never a question of God's will and never a doubt of God's ability. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. But he was God in flesh. Doesn't that differentiate him from us? Not if you're filled. Because if you're filled with the Holy Ghost, unless, can I take my time? Unless you're differentiating the Holy Ghost from the rest of the Godhead. The same person that kept Jesus encouraged lives in you. So your discouragement is only a result of not listening. You cannot be simultaneously discouraged and led. So if you discouraged, you're not listening. Overwhelmed, not listening. Hold on, Jesus said, let this cup pass. He also in the same sentence said, nevertheless, not mine. Which means he understood instantaneously that even giving up was outside of God's will. 
And the moment that his will woke up, he killed that immediately because he understood my will going to get me off. My will will make me not go to the cross. So this year, as I work on faith, I'm going to, and I know some of my other NUMA churches talked to Bishop Graves today. If he's listening to this at any point, hey, Bishop, he's teaching on faith starting today because we believe in syncing up. But when we say we want to follow the Lord and we truly sincere, how many of y'all sincere about following the Lord? Come on, how many of y'all serious about following the Lord? Okay, put your hands down. It won't be long before you encounter a test of your resolve. <laughs> it won't be long before you encounter a test of your conviction. It won't be long before you encounter a test of your declaration. And it is during these times, saints, that many of us fail the faith test. Some of us this year, this year you've had some unexpected challenges, some unexpected pain. Let me say it prophetically. For some of you, you expected it. You just didn't want it to happen. Never mind. Some unexpected demands. But the truth is that none of this was unexpected to God. Think about that for a minute. You're wowing out over something God knew. And maybe, just maybe, it caught you off guard because you wasn't in his will. We should never be caught off guard when he says, I will reveal to you what eyes have not seen. And ears have not heard. Read the text, saints. You know how we misquote that? Eyes have not seen. Ears has not heard. Neither has it entered into the heart of man what God has prepared for his people. As if God keeps secrets. The very next verse. But he revealed them to us. So when you go, I didn't see that coming. Somewhere you have to repent. Lord, I repent for not seeing it coming. But what, wait a minute, Bishop. What if he kept it from me? If he kept it from you, it only validates that you weren't ready to listen. It can only be two things. Because the Lord doesn't do anything intentionally to hurt you. That's not his character. It is not the character of the Lord to do anything to hurt you. Therefore, if you got taken off guard, you weren't listening or you weren't prepared to listen. Okay. Isn't this going so well? I'm going to get to the text. I got to set my groundwork. I got to set my groundwork. I know. I know. I know. Some people are, are right now. They, they twirling and dipping. I'm trying to give you information. So before I go any further, I actually wrote in my notes. Some of you are rolling your eyes. <clears throat> We have lived under a notion that there are certain subjects that we don't want to be taught. 
I said faith and some people were like, oh God. Because I'm going to argue that everything we considered was an obstacle was never an obstacle to God. And we don't like to learn about faith because we don't want to be tested. But this is a dangerous mindset. Let me give you three reasons that this is a dangerous mindset before I get to the text. I'm going to be in Exodus, trust me. Three reasons that it is dangerous to ignore information you don't like. Number one, warm those pins up, game on. Choosing ignorance is not a viable excuse for disobedience. You want it again? Okay, come on, warm those pins up. We got stuff. Choosing ignorance is not a viable excuse for disobedience. You do not get to bypass accountability by ignoring, dismissing, running, or delaying from the stuff you don't like. Let's do it again. You don't get to bypass accountability by ignoring, dismissing, running, or delaying or delaying the study, the application of the stuff you don't like because choosing ignorance is not a viable excuse for disobedience. I didn't know no better. But here's the thing. The minute you say you didn't know no better, you just admitted that you knew you didn't know no better. If you get pulled over by the police for driving erratically, and then when he pulls you over, you say, I don't know how to drive. You think that claiming ignorance is about to get you out of the consequence of if you didn't know how to drive and you knew you didn't know how to drive before you got your tail in the car you're going to have to go through the consequence of your behavior so choosing ignorance is not a viable excuse for disobedience number two number two in matters of faith Without faith, one cannot please God. That is Hebrews 11 and 6. Without faith, one cannot please God. Let's think about this for a minute. Bishop, don't teach on faith. Oh, you don't want to please him. So running from the pedagogy of faith is actually a decision to run from relationship with the Father. You don't want to learn about faith? You don't want God. Can you teach, can you teach on something you know, like 12 steps to my million dollars in 2023. Can you give me like, you know, like seven steps to a better love life in 2023? Huh? Can I get like, can I get like 18 steps to, can I get like 18 steps to casting out devils in 2023? How about you ain't even got love your neighbor as you love yourself. Number three. Number three. Even if one's faith is tried, there is an outcome we should be grateful for. I'll do it again. 
even if one's faith is tried, there is an outcome that we should be grateful for. You excuse, excuse me? The trying of your faith worketh patience. But you got to allow patience to have its perfect work so that you can be perfect and entire wanting nothing. See, the reason you won't. <laughs> Let's think about this for, for a minute. Some of you right now are trying to figure out how to be better stewards over your finances and pay off debt. I know. You want to pay off some debt. You don't want to make bad decisions. And you got some stuff you want. But the elimination of want is tied to the perfection of patience. And the perfection of patience is tied to faith. Okay. You want to deal with your wants, but you don't want patience. Okay, let's get practical. You wouldn't be a bad steward if you were patient enough to save. Okay. Okay. All right. So if you wouldn't have swiped. If this year you exchange swiping for saving. Huh? So you swiping at 18%. So if we exchange swiping for a high APY uh, savings account, annual percentage yield, high APY savings account, you exchange 18% of debt for anywhere between 3 and 5% because the rates are going up. Please understand this. When the Fed is increasing the interest rate to buy, the interest rate to save is going up too. But they know that wise people will save when the interest rate to buy goes up. So when the interest rate to buy comes down, the wise people save when the interest rate is down and they... Oh. See, you buy at 20%. They save at 20% making... Oh. Making money on their money. But you know why we can't do it? Because you won't let patience have its work. Because you need them boots now. You don't need them now. You need them right now. Because after all, this is in the winter 2022 collection. They not coming back out. It's not coming back out. I need this colorway. And here's the thing. So you got the colorway and still don't have the Holy Ghost. So let's start our deep dive. Obstacle. Write the word obstacle, please. 
I can see that the congregation is already uncomfortable. But this is emblematic of how our year is about to go. Students, are we ready? Obstacle. A thing that blocks one's way or hinders progress. Y'all need it again? In 2023, I'm only giving definitions three times. <laughs> A thing that blocks one's way or, pre- or prevents or hinders progress. That's two. A thing that blocks one's way or prevents or hinders progress. When it comes to the will of God, there's no such thing. Think about it for a minute. What in the world blocks God's way? What in the world can prevent God's progress? So wait a minute. If nothing can hinder God, why is it hindering you? If nothing can prevent God, why have you been prevented? You are running well, the Bible says. Who did hinder you? <laughs> Who made us believe that we could be hindered when God can't be stopped? I'm saying this at the beginning of the year because you might need to reevaluate your 2023 plans. the first day of the year you still got time you may need to go back like my bad God I only wrote down what I had the strength for what I had the courage for and truth is your plans can be hindered God's can't that's it some of us were hindered last year because that was your plan that was your strategy that was your will God cannot be. Come on now. Y'all remember Lazarus? I'm going to the text. Trust me. This is my runway. It's long on the first Sunday. Y'all remember Lazarus? Sick. Dead. they like, Jesus. I'll be there in a minute. Or as my grandfather used to say, directly. I'll be there directly. Jesus shows up. they like, wait a minute. He dead. You late. I'm not late. See, you're responding to your miracle with your eyes. That's going to come back around to bite us in just a second. You're responding to your miracle with your eyes. Your miracle is here. But you are about to discredit the miraculous one because of what you can see. I'm here to get Lazarus up and you busy telling me what I can't do. And you telling me what I can't do because you can't do it. Can I dig a little deeper right there? Watch this. 
Jesus said that to a group of people who weren't filled with the Holy Ghost. You are. Well, at least you say you are. It's available. So let's dig into this text. Go to Exodus chapter 3. Now, I know that the quintessential way to approach a series on faith is to begin with Hebrews 11. If you want to hear the Hebrews 11 way to deal with faith, nothing wrong with it. If you would like to go down the Hebrews 11 street to faith, log in to Bishop Fred Graves, who is taking Hebrews 11. He's taking the Hebrews 11 route. I'm not. I'm taking the Exodus road. Both roads going to get us there. I'm just... I'm taking the Exodus road. It's a little bit, it's a little bit more scenic. It's going to take us a little couple more days. We're going to get there directly. You know, Hebrews 11 is it's real short, kind of cuts you across the field. Faith is the substance of things hopeful. You're right there at it. No. Let's talk about Moses a while. Roll down the windows and let the wind blow. Y'all ready? He, I mean, Exodus, excuse me. Chapter 3, verse 7. Now, when I get to Exodus 3, 7, Moses is minding his business, dealing with some sheep, and he sees a burning bush. I got to give you context. And for all of my Bible students out there, I'm about to say something to you. When you get chance, just recognize that Moses sees the burning bush, walks by the burning bush, turns back around and says, let me look and see why this is going on. And the Bible tells us that God says in verse four, don't, it's not on the screen. When the Lord saw that he turned aside to look, God called to him, stop. God's not saying anything to you this year until you have proven that you can recognize when he's moving. Moses walked by the burning bush and was like, And as soon as God saw that his move got Moses' attention, he was like, now I can speak. Because if you can keep walking by me and not recognize me, why would I say anything? <laughs> if you keep walking by the miraculous and it don't move you, why would I say anything to you? I'll give it to all the leaders of the marketplace. If God can keep doing great things, but you can't recognize anything great. Why would I implement you into ministry when you've already proven that you can't see God's move? You can't be used when you can't see God. Verse, yep. <laughs> then the Lord said, verse seven, the Lord said, I've surely seen the affliction of my people. Y'all, it's going to get a little sticky. I've surely seen the affliction of my people who are in Egypt 
have given heed to their cry because of their taskmasters. For I am aware of their suffering. Leave verse 7 up. Let's do it again. Veronica, you have to write in your Bible. The Lord said, I, underline that word, have surely seen the affliction of my people, underline both those words, who are in Egypt. I have given heed to their cry because of their taskmasters, for I, underline that word, am aware of their suffering, verse 8. So I, underline that word, have come down to deliver them from the power of the Egyptians and to bring them up from the land to a good and spacious land, to a land flowing with milk and honey, to the place of the Canaanite and the Hittite and the Amorite and the Perizzite and the Hivite and the Jebusite. Now behold, the cry of Israel has come, underline this, to me. Furthermore, underline this, I have seen the oppression, stop at this verse, with which the Egyptians are oppressing them. Now, there's something going on here. Go back to verse 7. The Lord said, I've surely seen it. Y'all see that, right? Look at verse 8. I've come down to deliver them. All right, look at verse 9. The cry of the sons of Israel has come to me. We hear you, God, having this wonderful conversation with Moses about what you see. Uh-oh. About what's bothering you. About how frustrated you are, God. About how your people are in a mess. And what you, God, intend to do about it. Y'all didn't see it. Look at verse 8 again. I have come down to deliver. You came down. You came down. The reason you see me, Moses, in this burning bush is because I'm here to do something about what is going on with my people. Because I don't like it. This is God talking. Do we agree that this is God talking? God is telling Moses, I don't like it. I don't like what I see. I don't like what I'm hearing. What's going on with my people? Oh, oh, watch it. Watch it. And then I get to verse 10. Help us. Therefore, come now. I'll send you. Wait. Go back to verse 7. I have seen the affliction of my people. Go to verse 8. I have come down to deliver them from the power of the Egyptians. Go to verse 9. Behold, the cry of the sons of Israel has come to me. Verse 10. Therefore, come now, I'll send you. Wait. business I didn't ask about them 
They ain't asked about me. The fact that you bothered, God, I respect you and everything, but you said that you came down to do something about it, so you... Y'all not reading the same Bible as I? Go back to verse 8. See, y'all keep playing. I have come down to deliver them. Go to verse 10. I send you. You fool God. You want to send me. That you may bring, then he look, look at God doubling down my people. I know them ain't your people, but go get them because I said so. See, here's the issue many of us want God to bless our plans, He ain't in them. See, we want all of this Moses type anointing but we're unwilling to go on Moses type missions. You, you in your prayer talking about Lord this year, part the Red Sea. He's like, no, no, because I sent Moses to the Red Sea. You drove. Had nothing to do with me. You enjoyed it. You are trapped because of your decisions, not because of your obedience. Y'all in this room? We have a God who is fully capable of fixing the situation all by himself. He's fully capable. God could have just been like, and everybody die. There we go. Fixed. I mean, literally, my God is so powerful that he could, look, with one Wink of his right eye halfway. He don't even have to fully wink it. A little bit. A squint. He could have squint his right eye and everybody against him would have just went to sleep. And instead, you tell Moses, I'm going to send you. I'm going to send you. It is that request that initiated a faith crisis. This is a, this is a faith crisis. Because I'm sure Moses is like, are we going to, y'all don't know Moses. This man is wanted for murder. I mean, he's, he got an anger problem. <laughs> he done killed a man and people know. Read the text. He didn't get away with it. He killed a man, buried him in the sand, and when another argument arose and he was seen again, the guy said, you gonna kill me like you killed the other guy? Dang. <laughs> Moses is a wanted man with anger management issues. Huh? Who was on the run, on the run, dealing with somebody else's sheep, minding his own business, and here come God talking about, Go back. I'm wanted in Egypt. 
Not only do you want me to go talk to a man who thinks he's God. Oh, y'all need to, y'all better go study y'all history. Pharaoh was a title, it's not a name. The Pharaohs believed themselves to be gods, which means that this Pharaoh put himself, he put himself on the same level as El Elyon, the Most High. So you want me to go back to a place where I'm wanted and talk to a man who thinks he's God. When you are God, I'm talking to a bush on fire. If I'm Moses, I got a lot to say. See, y'all be down in Moses. But some of us would have still been at the bush right now. Like, no. Send a prophet, I need confirmation. <laughs> it's a faith crisis. A faith crisis. And, and we see the faith crisis play out. This, I'm starting this, this place on purpose. We see the faith crisis play out, Bishop Desmond and Daphne, in three words in verse 11. Look at verse 11. Pay close attention. Moses said to God, Who am I? Y'all missed it. <laughs> Go back to the verse before this. <laughs> Come now, I'm going to send you so that you may bring my people, the sons of Israel, out of Egypt. Verse 11. Who am I? Who am I? Is literally that faith crisis out of his mouth. I know. I'm unworthy. I'm unskilled. I'm unprepared. Who am I? Send somebody else. Send somebody else. It's not that I'm denying that your people is in trouble or nothing. Okay, I believe you. Who am I? Do you see my record? Here's the thing. Many of you this year, when you're planning, when you're talking, when you're trying to you're saying it's going to be a good year, but secretly you're in a faith crisis. Who am I? Because you can only have faith to the level that you trust your God-given identity. Y'all need that again? You can only have faith to the level that you trust your God-given identity. Not your family's version of you. Not what your friends think about you. Not what your history says about you. Amen. So here's what happens. The world tells you that if you have bad credit, you can't get this. I want y'all to go understand something about credit. Credit, first of all, is man-made. You can actually go back in history and determine when the three credit bureaus 
which are actually not even governmental. The three credit bureaus are profit centers. They're not governmental. But what the United States has done, because you do understand that your credit score is only valid here. If you leave the country, your credit score means nothing outside of this country, which means that you feel good or bad about yourself based upon a man-made construct that only exists in 50 states. Somehow the Western church said that your credit score meant you had a good name. I'm not telling you to have bad credit. I'm telling you not to plan to something that God had nothing to do with. You about to kill yourself to get an 800 credit score and do nothing to get closer to God. So you like, got to get it, 800, 800. You are like all day, every day, you refreshing credit karma just to see if your new scores have arrived. Like refresh, 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 refresh. As opposed to Lord, what shall I render this morning? Because if I seek his way of doing things, things will be added. The credit, see, the credit is a byproduct of being a good steward. I don't have to worry about my credit score. It'll automatically follow me all the days of my life if I just do what God told me to do. But watch this, going into this year, I bet you if I looked at some of your plans, it would be like increased credit score. It's all right. I know you feel seen. Increased credit score. Now, wait a minute. I need to see stuff on your list like get closer to the Lord. Feel his presence all day, every day. Build a better relationship with him. Huh? Learn to talk like I got some sense. Cast down some of these thoughts. She's crazy. Who am I? That's a faith crisis. Now I'm about to teach you something about faith. We want to make doubt the principal enemy of faith. We want to make, because I know the Bible says, have faith and doubt not. So, it makes sense to make doubt the principal enemy of faith. However, doubt is not the principal enemy of faith. It's not. The true antagonist or the foundational enemy of faith is not doubt, it's sight. Sight is the enemy of faith. What's the Bible say? We walk by, not by. Oh. I, don't, I don't get it, Bishop. Now, I'm not making an excuse for doubt. But your sight actually fuels your doubts. You start doubting not based upon what you feel first, first, but what you see. 
So it is your natural senses, because when you, the Bible says you walk by faith and not by sight, what it is is spiritual sense versus natural sense. It is your natural senses that, feel, that fuel your doubts. And if you wasn't walking by them, you wouldn't have no doubt to begin with. Hmm? You doubt that your business is going to succeed because of what your natural senses have experienced. Or, especially in this culture, because of what somebody close to us has experienced. Because we love to live vicariously through others that all of a sudden we make other people's realities our reality. Girl, I wouldn't eat there. It's nasty. You... Some people you can't trust a palate. Hear me in the natural, but also hear me in the spirit. Some people you can't trust a palate. Huh? Elder Leland just heard me. If I was you, I'd leave him. You not me. Hush. You not me. Huh? <laughs> you not me. Huh? Because here's the thing. Many folk can't handle your destination. So they certainly can't handle your journey. Why are you taking advice from somebody who's not called to what you call to? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hello? Every day you post, I ain't never getting married, ever getting married, never, ever getting married. I don't need a man in my life to save my life. I can do it all by myself. I don't want, I got it all. I can do it all. I don't need them. They low down. They nasty. They ain't never done nothing a day in my life. I can fix the car. I can paint the house. I can buy everything I need to buy. I can move the engine with my teeth. I can do it can do it and here's the thing I believe you I believe you put them chompers right down on that engine and get to tugging I believe you I believe you can do it that don't mean you should and if that's the way you feel I'm not going to talk to you about marriage because clearly it's not a covenant to you it's not even something you want God bless you I don't need church. I, we don't need all that Holy Ghost stuff. All them tongues, all that going and taking all them notes. No, just believe in the energy. Just go ahead and, you know, the, the horoscope. All you got to do is wake up and read the horoscope. See, so for you, I'm not talking to you about my dreams because you rubbing on stones and smoking out sage and reading the morning holy horoscope, but you don't read your Bible and you don't pray. So we're not talking about spiritual things because you're going to agitate me. You're going to agitate me. I'm going to free myself of that. Now, if you want to come over to the winning side, I, let's holler. The enemy of faith is sight. Watch this. Our immediate ability to perceive reality and act upon it with no spiritual maturity. Woo! I'll do it again. Sight. 
your immediate ability to perceive reality and act upon it with no spiritual maturity. That is sight. Your immediate, this is the third time. Your immediate ability to perceive reality and act upon it without any spiritual maturity. You don't have to be saved to see. Sight allows you to act upon a feeling that ain't got nothing to do with God. <laughs> right? Sight. So, you get in your car, you turn it on, you got one of them fancy GPSs that tells you what the traffic is, and it tells you that you don't need to go that way because... Um, you know, it's a slowdown. So don't go that way. So you go an alternate route. Because it told you. Y'all missed it. Sight. I immediately act upon that with no maturity at all. Even though there's been plenty of times where my GPS said that I should be standing still, but I'm still moving. Because watch this. That natural tool of the GPS has not caught up with the reality. And then what if, what if on the road that my GPS says is a slowdown is somebody that needs prayer because there's an accident? And then thirdly, what if we consistently show God that anything that GPS says we'll listen to, but everything he says we question? And then fourthly, what if our ability to be able to be governed by our natural eyes is more acute than our ability to be governed by our spiritual eyes? I'm not even supposed to be walking by those. I should see the GPS and go, God, do I still need to go that way? Is there something there that I need to deal with? I pulled out running late when I, when I, I used to teach in high school and I was running late to teach. It was still dark outside. It was cold. Pulled out, pulled on the main street. And I pull on the main street and literally it had just happened. Terrible wreck. Terrible wreck where uh, a woman somehow had been T-boned. The, the back windows were broken out. And she's holding her baby lifeless in her arms. Lifeless. She's holding the baby. She's screaming in the middle of Main Street, in the cold, in the dark. She's screaming. And when I say it just happened, I'm the first one on her. Adrenaline goes through the roof. Blinkers on. Pull over. I'm out the car. I'm out the car and I'm What's going on? And she's screaming. My baby's gone. My baby's gone. My baby's gone. The baby's gone. The baby's gone. And I'm praying. I'm calling on the Lord. But in the middle of me praying, I'm also stopping traffic. Like y'all and y'all. I'm on Main Street, y'all. No, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm on Main North. Point of reference. Huh? North Main. Now, little Santa Clara. In, in there. I'm in there. I'm right there. That little tight intersection. Huh? And I'm, I'm in the middle of the street in the dark telling school buses. 
Because listen, listen, when something needs to be done, something needs to be done. Come on, faith. When something needs to be done, something needs to be done. I didn't think nothing about the fact that that school bus was bigger than me. It's dark. Hey! You. You. Get out the car. You. I'm directing traffic. Trying to get. So everybody stops. The mother's still screaming. A nurse hops out. Like, okay, you go deal with the baby. She says, I still got kids in the car. So we look in the back of the car and the kids are laying lifeless. Two more babies. So we're reaching through the broken glass, grabbing kids through windows. It's stuff all over the road. You know what I did next? I seen an ambulance. Stopped him too. Stop. See, here's the thing. The reason you're not doing faith stuff is because you don't have a big enough reason yet. It's not important enough to you. You're still in faith crisis. Who am I? Who are you not? And the real question is, who is God? See, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh? Won't it? A dude with a pass, a mess, and I'm still sending you. Who am I that I can be better this year? The one that I said can be better this year. Who am I that I'm going to buy a house this year? The one that I'm going to allow to buy a house this year. Who am I that I'm going to actually do better than my mother? The one that's going to do better than your mother. Who am I that I'm going to come out of this health crisis? The one that I said is going to come out of this health crisis. Don't get stuck at who am I? Who is God? Who is God? God, who are you? See, too many times we get stuck at who are we? Who cares? As if God can't use you messed up. He makes mountains skip and you don't think he can use you? He speaks through donkeys and you don't think he can use you? Come on now, who are you? Who is God? Who's God? I got a pass. Who's God? I still got some things. Who's God? But my life. Who's God? I'm broke. Who's God? Bad credit. Who's God? My mama. Who's God? My father. Who's God? Who's God? We start right here. We begin this year. Because some of you are like, well, you know, don't dream too big because you don't want to be disappointed. See, that's where we get in trouble anyway. Why are you dreaming? Believe. Oh, I'm about to say something. Dreaming, as we've called it, twin, is actually not even a biblical concept. The dreams in the scripture were prophetic. What we call dreaming right now is wishing. Dream. The impossible dream. No, believe. God, what you say? I said you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. I believe that. Done. That's not dreaming. That's believing. Huh? 
I have a, yeah, I'm dreaming. Don't, don't, let this, don't let that MLK theology mess you up for the rest of your life. Don't you let that mess you up the rest of your life. I have a dream. What, what do you have any beliefs? What do you believe? Not what do you dream. What do you believe? Because some of you believe that it's only going to take luck. Huh? What the devil is that? Huh? If I get lucky, what is that? Lucky sevens. Huh? What is this? No, I believe. With his stripes, I am healed. I'm not wishing. I believe. Never seen the righteous forsaken. Nor his seed go begging for bread. I'm not wishing. I believe. And watch that. Ain't none of that got to do with me. Who am I? Who is God? I'll say one more thing. I'm through. <laughs> Remember, I said he saw himself unworthy. He was. He saw himself as unskilled. True. He saw himself as unprepared. Absolutely. Ain't got nothing to do with him. Matter of fact, let me give y'all a window into something. Look at verse 8. I've come down to deliver them from the power of the Egyptians. Y'all see that? I've come down to deliver them from the power of the Egyptians. In our English rendering, we'll miss how important this verse is. That word power right there, yod in the Hebrew. I've, you know, the translation of yod right there, hand. I've come down to deliver them from the hand of the Egyptians. Literally, the next chapter, when Moses is complaining, what's in your hand? <laughs> I came down to deliver them from this, the hand or the power of the oppressor. What's in your power? Because what's in your hand is stronger than what's in his hand. Y'all Your enemy cannot hold what God wants to release. Did y'all hear that? Your enemy can't hold what God wants to release. That's why we be travailing against stuff so hard. Do it, God. Do it, God. Why are you? Why? I mean, it was a simple question. What's in your hand? What's in your hand is stronger than what's in his hand. I guarantee you, if I'm with you, that rod is bigger than his power. When God says something is yours, it's yours. It's yours. You ain't got to contend for it. My children don't beg me to eat. If I say we gonna eat, we eating. Huh? We're eating. There's no begging. When my wife says, I'm about to cook, if she says, I'm about to cook, nobody is like, please cook, please. please. No, 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 no. Because, watch this, the decision to feed us has already been made. So when God says it's yours, why you keep begging him for it? Receive it. 
Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Just sitting here waiting. You just let me know when it's, when it's done. Y'all. Just let me know when it's done. Huh? Came in, came in last night. My wife says, I'm about to cook something. I said, okay, cool. And I went back with patience. And just waited. Because I have no reason not to believe that she's going to do what she says she's going to do. And sure enough, Deacon Sanders, wasn't long. Food's ready. <laughs> because she's going to do what she says. And if my wife got that track record, what you think the track record of God is like? <laughs> God's like, now wait a minute. Why are you sitting up there all stressed out about what I already promised? Talking about who are you? What does that have to do with anything? If I said I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it. Here's my last principle, and then we're going to come to the table. Listen to this. And I want to just set this here at the onset of this faith series. Too many of us have been taught faith from the premise of having faith for. As opposed to having faith in. I'm having, I'm having faith for my new job. Stop it. Have faith in God. Your new job is in God. If it can be in Christ. So you can faith for it. You can have faith for something and don't even want him. I'm believing God. Listen, listen. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Man, we don't let all these cliches mess us up. I'm believing God for my miracle. Just believe God. Why do you have to believe God for when it's already in? My God shall supply all my needs according to his riches in. So I don't have to believe him for it. I just have to believe in. Oh, I just believe in God. I'm believing God for my raise. Why? And then that's when we get all messed up. Because you was believing God for your raise and got fired. <laughs> Listen. And then told, and then went to God and said, this ain't fair. The devil. He says, no, 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 no. If you would have believed in me, I would have told you I didn't want you to have that job. And you should have resigned six months ago when I told you to, but you was busy believing God for a raise in a place that you weren't supposed to be. And had you resigned when I told you to, you would have had three times more on the hour because the job that I had for you was awaiting your obedience. But since you wanted to stay and believe God for a raise, now you've missed your miracle. Obstacles are myths. Obstacles are myths. Who am I? Who is God? I want you to think, all of you, about the very thing that, that you think 
is in between you and what you need from God. Get it in your mind. What do you think is in between you and what you need from God? Because worry don't exist in the will. Stress don't exist in the will. See, this is unpopular stuff right here. This is not what they, see, because what, what we want to teach is a theology which allows us to remain broken. So that we can all coddle each other in our woe is me-isms. Oh, it's bad. Oh, oh, it's terrible. It's terrible. It's bad. It's terrible. It's bad. Stressed out. That has actually become the fuel of what you consider a testimony. Yes. 2022, but how kill me? Some of y'all needed to die. No, it needed to. That stuff was getting cut off of you, like. Because here's what I've learned. Orlando, I learned something. If you don't cut the fat off of a brisket, it can't cook right. And you don't cut it off while it's cooking. You cut it off before you start. Uh, you don't cut it off. You'll waste time trying to get that product to its full potential because you wouldn't remove the fat. Here's the issue. The, the purchase price includes the weight of the fat, but the fat is not to be consumed. Oh, so, so here it is. You upset because you want your money's worth. Because <laughs> the purchase price included the weight of the fat. So here it is. The Lord is like, wait a minute. I paid full price for you. And what I'm telling you is cut off everything that, oh my God. Cut off everything that shouldn't be. Who am I? Who is God? Sit up there complaining. Talking about it's hard. Of course it's hard. You know, it's funny. There's something that happens. I, I can't let it go. Woo. There's something that happens. Oh, for all my barbecue people, Deacon Sanders, there's something that happens when you're cooking, especially something large. It's something that happens. They call it a stall. The stall is when the meat comes to a certain place and it literally sticks at temperature. No matter how long you cook it, it won't get no hotter. The meat stalls. But here's the problem. If you take it off at the stall, nothing has been rendered. So what you got to do when it's in the stall is you actually wrap it. You wrap it up and you cause the temperature to accelerate. And what you say is, I'm going to put it beyond the stall to render out what's in it, but I'm going to protect it so it don't burn. See, some of you, you're like, why do I keep going in the fire? Should not be out by now. No, you've been stalled. Your life has been in the stall. I can't take you off the fire right now because if I take you off the fire right now, you're still tough. 
There's parts of you that are still raw. I got to leave you on the fire because you're in the stall. And you stay in the stall because you won't be covered. You staying in the stall because you won't let nobody cover you. That's why you're in the stall. If you just let yourself get covered, you can come out of the stall. I wish somebody would hear me this year. Lord, does I need to be covered. Go ahead and get me out of this stall. I apologize for trying to be out here all by myself, but I need to come through this thing. I need to render what I'm supposed to render so I can be usable. So cover me, Lord. I got it by myself. No, you don't. You've been in the stall for 20 years. You got to come through that thing. Won't let nobody cover you. All because you were covered wrong before. See, here's the thing about being truly covered. When you're truly covered, you're not exposed. See, you, presence is not covering. Just because somebody is walking with you doesn't mean they're covering you. Covering requires work from both parties. The one being covered and the one covering. One has to be willing to be hidden and the other one has to be willing to hide. But so many of us want to be seen. We can't get covered. I know, I know, I know. You want to be a star, but you don't want to be rendered. All these superstar folks. As we walk into faith this year, let me tell you what's going to happen in the church. Charlatans are going to continue to be exposed. False and heretical theologies are about to be broken down. What looked like prosperity is about to be exposed as fraud. What looked like mega is going to be exposed as small. The church is about to come back to a nuclear. Okay. What we allowed to grow and become superstar is about to be done away with. The season of all of this mega stuff and lights and sirens, that's over. This thing is about to become a nucleus again. The church is about to go back to family. Okay. The power is about to be local. Okay. You know what's interesting? I'm, I'm trying to get to the table. I'm trying to get to the table. But I need to say this. So I'm going to say it. You know you go into somewhere like Whole Foods. And you go to the meat counter and the stuff that is like imported is actually cheaper than that which is local. Y'all missed it. Because I don't know if y'all know about local honey. Local honey is more beneficial. I, I want to toss this microphone. Local honey is more beneficial than non-local honey. 
Because the bees that create the honey are actually flying in the allergens that we live in. Honey is an antiseptic. Honey is an antiseptic. So when your allergies flare up, you can actually take a spoonful of local honey. That's why if you look at the bottle of local honey, it tells you not to feed it to children because it's medicinal. Everything medicinal don't have to be bitter. Okay, so... Some medicinal stuff don't taste good, but... Oh, never mind. Uh, I ate the book and it tasted to me like honey. Okay, never mind. So, oh, Jesus. So, 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 so when you take a spoonful, you're literally medicating yourself by the, by the local bees that have formed a resistance to the allergens. Watch this. So why in God's name would you think that you could be made well by a ministry not functioning in the local allergens. How are you eating honey from Oklahoma? Watch this. When there's a bottle of fresh local honey in Dayton. I'll tell you why, Pastor Josh. Because the Oklahoma honey is cheaper. Why is it cheaper? I'll tell you why. Because you can consume it with no accountability. And, and watch this, you get to be separate and claim a status with actually no work. But when you eat local, And you know the local farmer. <laughs> the farmer knows when you haven't purchased your jar of local honey. I know you in real life. So you can't scam the farmer. Because you see the farmer. And the farmer sees you. That's all right. That was for a few of you who have ears. Let him hear what the spirit has just said to the church. That's all right. Keep buying that cheap honey. It don't cure nothing. All right. So we're coming to the table. <laughs> Go ahead. It's all right. In 2023, listen, craft cheese slices will no longer. It's not going to do it. See, y'all gonna keep hearing me. I, I 
feel a parable anointing today. Because <laughs> y'all do know that craft cheese slices have no cheese in them. But they're simple. They're individually wrapped. They're convenient. Huh? They're convenient. I can log in on my lunch break. See, y'all, I said I feel a parable anointing. Huh? I can get the snippet of the word and all I got to do is repost it to, to prove to people that I'm a Christian. It's all right. Stay with that craft cheese. You're eating plastic. You do know that Pam cooking spray. <laughs> it just keeps happening. And the aerosol can makes it so easy to be able to grease your pan. It's marketed as so simple. It doesn't take any effort. You just spray it. But the aerosol is fueled by butane. Or kerosene. Which means when you take that Pam and spray it. You just eating gasoline. Because you wanted convenience. We rebuke the convenience. And we pray for those signed up for work this year. No foreign honey. No fake cheese and no butane. That thing blesses me. Andrew, it blesses me. Along with no MLK theologies. <laughs> I feel good all around. Y'all ready to come to the table? I know I can look at y'all's face. The agitation that is here on this first Sunday is palpable. It's high. Love you too. Come on, come on to the table. Where's the praise team? They're not. They're coming. Come on. They're coming. Y'all right? Y'all okay? I'm okay. Happy New Year. this first Sunday of the year as we prepare to come to the table for some of us 
we have waited to have this as our first spiritual food. On this first fruit Sunday, let this first communion set the stage for a singular reality. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth from the mouth of God. Let us stand to our feet. Children, you will come first.
presence, Lord. On the night he was crucified, he took the bread and broke it. He said, take, eat, this is my body that has been broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let us eat together. of your sins let us drink together God you were wounded for our transgressions glory bruised for our iniquities chastisement of our peace is upon you and with your stripes we are healed thank you for healing God thank you for being better to us than we deserve thank you for showing us that it is you and not us that God you are responding to the question with who we are by showing us who you are. So this year, with this first spiritual meal, we walk, we walk in the newness of life. In the strong name of Jesus, Son of the living God. Amen and amen. Come on, bless this place. Open up your mouth. Come on.
We give him glory. We give you glory. The word amen means I agree. <laughs> when you add, that's why we actually conclude with an amen. It's the punctuation. I agree. Even when during the historical call and response of the church, when you hear something and you say amen, what you're really saying is, I agree. I agree. Just take a moment and worship on this first day of the year. in this atmosphere now listen to me for all everybody on our online audience God bless you for your giving information to give is on the screen for those here I told you that this was a first fruit Sunday I know let me say this as your pastor it's difficult for me to say things like first fruits it's my transparency because it's been manipulated by manipulators but I can't leave stuff out the Bible because people outside the Bible don't tow it up So I know you done had all these people, you know, give God a 20, 23, $20.23. We ain't doing none of that. That's not what a first fruit is. The Bible says, honor the Lord with your substance and the first fruit of all thine increase. So on this first Sunday of the year, this is not your tithe. This is not your offering. It's a seed. This is different. So whatever you was going to tithe, go and do that. Amen. Whatever offering you had set aside as a man purposed in his heart, go and do that. But this is a first fruit seed. Okay? It don't matter whether or not you're giving God a first fruit dollar. Just make sure it's from God. Amen. This is not a fundraiser. This is a moment where I'm showing you that when you say God, you're first. You're first. You're first. Before I give to anything else, I'm going to give to you. Now I know this is the first Sunday. Many of you have been a blessing to my wife and I. Amen. Thank you. Thank you for that. God bless you for that. Let me give you some instructions. Come on with these baskets. Mm -hmm. Couple of things. 
for anybody that normally would give via faith life please as we begin this year do your giving on givelify faith life ain't been acting right over the last couple days they ain't got some act right on them givelify amen givelify search the marketplace movement amen y'all got that part number two if you're going to give to my wife and I at any time during the year don't put it in the church offering don't do that because that's the church's money we not put my wife and I don't put our hands in the church's money the church's money okay many of you write us checks amen God bless you for that if you want to put a seed into our lives put it into our lives amen and let me go ahead and say this for the one or two of y'all who might have a little trickerous somewhere in you you can't put money allocated for my wife and I into the church's offering and then claim a tax benefit because I am not a personal nonprofit. we got it all right so we're going to do that everybody got your giving in your hand whatever God has purposed in your heart so let him give don't be found on this first Sunday of the year disobeying God children will come first followed by everyone else God bless you please follow their instructions I got it you got something to say I thought I said it already okay come on Bishop Desmond was keeping me in order thought I said what I was supposed to say
y'all learned something today. Y'all learned something today? Everybody, we're going to get ready to dismiss in a minute. Just bear with me just a moment. <laughs> this year, we're going to operate with supernatural acceleration. There is nothing too hard for the Lord. No thing. Everyone who needs God and is willing to admit God this year, I need you to just go and show yourself. Put those hands. Now the truth is we all need him, but we got some stuff. Now here's what I want you to do. Listen to me. That area in your life that seems like it's been stubborn. Huh? It can move right now. Bible says wait on the Lord be of good courage and he will strengthen your heart that's the word of the Lord right watch this the word wait doesn't mean to simply be patient it means to have faith in so the minute your faith kicks in is the minute your heart gets strong In other words, it's not time bound. It don't have to take a week. If your faith kicks in now, your heart will get strong instantly. The minute your faith kicks is the minute your heart gets strong. So I'm going to pray. And after I pray, we're going to prepare to walk out with strength. Amen. This year as we go into this year. Get involved with one of our these discipleship groups. And if there's if you say, I don't know a discipleship group teaching what I want to teach, or or I, I can't find one in my age group, then maybe you should be talking about starting one. Okay. See, because oftentimes we complain about stuff we won't contribute to fix. Number two. Sunday, January 15th, after service, we're going to have a singles dinner fellowship. Singles is getting together to fellowship and have dinner. Amen. That's January 15th. See Chantrice for details. And then this is the last thing. 21st of, yep, 21st of January at 10 a.m. Every Christian entrepreneur, raise your hand. Some of you may have already gotten an invitation. Some of you we don't know. If you haven't got an invite, I'm inviting every Christian entrepreneur to a Zoom session with me. I'm praying for entrepreneurs this year. We're releasing entrepreneurs this year. We're going to get entrepreneurs in order this year. Amen. Stop all this bootleg stuff. You ain't got no LLCs. You don't own an EIN. You don't know nothing about no business account. 
you're wrong. You're out of order. Amen? Christian entrepreneurs, if you're not on the list, Minister Shantrice, oh, Joni, she's here today. Joni, she has, her hair is green. It's very nice. Wave your hand. It's green. It's the only green hair up here. Not red hair. That's Erica. That's Joni. All right. Give her your information. All right. I'm going to pray. There's going to be a release. Father, in the name of Jesus. Lord, as we leave this place, kick our faith in. We know if we have faith in you, miracles are there. Lord, this year, as this church expands with new property, woo! With new strategic initiatives, God, as businesses are birthed and miracles are frequent, God, we will never be surprised, but we will always bless you. As we prepare to leave this place, we do so, God, with our minds stayed on you. In the name of Jesus and for your glory. Amen. Everybody standing, we're about to go. Come on, sing with me. I was, I was waiting on y'all. So was the acolytes.
May heaven smile upon you and give you peace. May the Lord God make his countenance to shine upon you. In Jesus' name, amen. Love somebody before you leave. Marketplace Movement is still spreading the gospel virtually live every Sunday morning and Wednesday night. All you have to do is tune in during these times. So come and check us out and get the word on these platforms. Just download the BoxCast app on your Roku, Apple TV, and Fire Stick TV. You can watch us on your favorite social media. Or watch us at the marketplacemovement.online.church or our church website, themarketplacemovement.com view worship. The Marketplace Movement, where we continue to reach, enhance, and advance lives.